welcome those of you joining us online. Thank you for making time to worship God with us. Come on, we're gonna grow in our faith together today as we turn the page to a new year, turn the calendar. If you have your Bible with you, would you do something? Would you turn or click to Joshua chapter one? I'm really excited about the word that the Lord has put on my heart to share with you, to encourage you, to strengthen you, maybe to challenge you in some ways as we look forward to a new year. Uh, I appreciate what Pastor Eddie was saying a couple times this morning. I, I love to preach as we turn the calendar to a new year because it really is a distinct opportunity. People are just more aware of a reality that we have access to as believers every day, really, and that's the opportunity for a fresh start, a new start. And you know, one of the hallmarks of spiritual maturity is really embracing this in a daily way and not waiting till December 31st and January 1 to really be cognizant of the fact that the cross of Jesus Christ made old things pass away and that we have access and opportunity for all things to become new. Come on, if you're grateful for a new start, a fresh start, a new life, a new day, and a new year, come on, give the Lord some praise today. He's got some good things. He's got some good things in store for you. And for, for me, as we turn the calendar, as we look forward to 2023. And here's the thing, a new year does not guarantee new results. And so I wanna encourage you today that the number one resolution that you can and should make, there's a lot of good things that we could focus on doing differently, doing better, doing more frequently, doing more consistently, maybe some things you wanna stop and not carry forward with you into the new year because it's not part of God's best plan for your life, for, for your spiritual life, for your marriage, your relationships, your physical body. Maybe there's some things you wanna stop, but here's what I wanna encourage you with in, all, in the list of all the things that you could resolve to do in a season where many, many people are making resolutions, the number one thing that we should resolve to have in our life is more of Jesus Christ, more of Jesus Christ. So here, we, I heard some amens there. How many of you would, would agree with the people who amen more of Jesus is at the top of our list? Okay, okay, so we, we all agree with that, but here's the thing is that many of us, here's, here's what we gotta understand is that God's not holding anything back from you. God's not holding anything back from you. He's no respecter of persons. Here's what I'm saying. The people who experience more of God in their life are the people who make themselves more available to God in their life, Amen. who posture and position themselves. Twice in the word of God, James chapter four, uh, uh, Jeremiah 29, the Bible says, if we draw near to God, he draws near to us. And so I wanna challenge you today. I wanna encourage you today that part of what it looks like for us to experience more of Jesus in our life in 2023 is us making some decisions for some things we could do to posture and position ourselves to be more connected to God in our lives. And so Joshua uh, chapter one, starting in verse two, and before we do, before we get into God's word, let me just pray over our, our time in God's word. Man, I want God to really reveal something to you today, do something in your heart and your life. I'm passionate about it. And as much as I care for it deeply and sincerely as your pastor, God cares even more about what he has in store for you in 2023 and some of the things maybe he wants to set you free from as you exit 2022. And so I'm gonna pray over us corporately, but right where you are, would you pray individually over your life, man of God, woman of God, over your life, over your home, over your marriage. Come on, call on the Lord today and trust he's gonna speak to you today. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for the opportunity we don't take it for granted, the opportunity to be gathered together as the people of God in this room, those joining us literally all around the world online. We, we're grateful 
for the chance to open up your word, to visit your promises, to be gathered with your people. And we invite your presence now, God, to come and reveal things to us. Remind us, God, of some things that maybe you've previously done in our lives or spoken to us, God. Maybe reveal something new and fresh, God, a fresh word of God that we could grab a hold of and hang on to as we move into a new year. God, I lift up every person, every man, every woman, every, every family, every marriage, every young adult, God. I pray for your perfect will to be revealed to them in this season. God, anyone who's here and they're maybe hurting weak, weary, wounded, God, in any way, physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. You are a healer. You bring strength. You bring comfort. You bring faith, God. You bring hope. Would you do that today for every person, Lord, under the sound of my voice? I pray, God, today, would you take an imperfect preacher, an imperfect message, and would you reveal the heart of the perfect Father today to everyone in this room and online? In Jesus' name, come on. If you receive even just a part of that for yourself, give the Lord a good amen. Okay, now to God's word, Joshua chapter one, starting in verse two, and it says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready. Someone say, get ready. ready. Someone say it again, get ready. ready. Come on, say it like you really mean it. Get Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, and all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And this is a prophetic picture. This is God's leading of his people. He's delivered them from captivity, the place of captivity, the place of bondage, the place of slavery, which was Egypt under Pharaoh's uh, 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 hand, his, his, his heavy hand. And this is what God has done for you and I through Jesus Christ. He's rescued us out. From the, from, the, uh, from the God of this world, from Satan himself, who, who, who oppressed us and kept us under bondage and slavery. He delivered us, he rescued us, and he didn't just save us to cause us to get lost in the wilderness. He's got a promised land for you. He's got a place of provision for you. He's got a place of purpose for you. And so this is an Old Testament passage that has real time meaning in our lives because of what Jesus has done in a, even a new and better way in our lives. Reading on, Uh, Verse six, it says, be strong and be courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Verse seven, he's just said it in verse six and it underlines how important it's gonna be for us to understand and for us to walk this out. He says, be strong, someone say be strong. And now he adds a word here, he says, and be very courageous, someone say be very courageous. And he goes on, he says, be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you, do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong, be courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So verse two, he says, he says, Moses, my servant is dead. And did you know that he's not informing them of something that they didn't already know? In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 34, we see that the people of Israel actually mourned in Moab for Moses, over Moses for 30 days. So when God's coming and saying this, he's not informing them of something, he's getting their attention about something. And he, he's saying, hey, that season 
that season of mourning, that season where it looked one way, that season where you thought it was gonna look one way, that season is over. Today is a new day. This is a new season. Now is your time. There was a time to grieve over Moses. Now I'm telling you, what did he say? He said, get ready. He said, get ready, because I'm about to lead you out and I'm about to lead you into something. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I've come to tell you that some of the old things in your life, they are dead and gone through the cross of Jesus Christ. Start mourning, stop mourning over them, start hold, stop holding on to them, start, stop waiting for something to go the way that you thought it was gonna go. That season is over, that season is past, and here's what God is saying to you, get ready. Because if you'll draw near to me, if you'll grow, grow closer to me, if you'll prioritize me, he's saying, I've got a promised land. I've got a place of purpose. I've got a new life, a fresh life. It's a prosperous and successful life. If you'll be strong, if you'll be courageous, and if you'll keep my word in your heart and on your lips. He was getting their attention. Get ready. Get ready. It's time to move forward. He wasn't telling them something they didn't already know. He was, he was, he was re recognizing something that it can happen to us. It's inevitable. We can get stuck in an old season. And listen, here's what I wanna encourage you with today. Whatever last year looked like for you, whether it was a memorable year, a prosperous year, a blessed year, or whether it was a painful year, a year of loss, a year of maybe unforeseen, unexpected challenges or adversities. And for most of us, most years contain a little bit of both and kind of everything in between. But here's what I wanna encourage you with, regardless of how it looked for you, it's over. And God's saying, let's look forward. Let's look forward. Listen, some of the things that you thought were gonna take you out, you're still standing. You're still breathing. Listen, if you're not dead, God is not done. And some of the things that, that, that you thought were gonna take you out, I mean, the, the, the restless nights, the loss of sleep, the fear and anxiety, the worry and dread about those things, look around, you're still standing, you're still breathing, and God is still moving in your life. So regardless of what last year looked like, it's over. And so one of the best ways that we could uh, look forward in faith into the new year, I really believe this with all my heart, is to make sure that we don't move too quickly without remembering all the things that God did in our life in the previous year. And I promise you, even those of us who experienced some challenges, some adversities, some setbacks, some unexperienced, unforeseen things, I promise you, if you'll be mindful, if you'll be intentional, if you'll just kind of pause and just take a moment and, and ask the Lord to show them to you, we all have more to be grateful for than we have to despise. We all have places and ways that God has been faithful to see us through, some things that we're aware of. Did you know that there's some things, some traps, some pitfalls that the enemy had laid out before you that you never even had to experience because God rescued you, preserved you, redirected you, and kept, it, kept you from those things? Come on, who's grateful for the hand of God on your life? But in the places we had challenges, one of my favorite scriptures, because it's so profound and because it's just so simple in the way it's delivered, is that the Apostle Paul, he's saying, I have not achieved it. I have not arrived. I've still got some ways and some places. I'm growing in my faith. That's what he's saying right here. But he says, there's one thing that I focus on. There's one thing that I've apprehended. And what is that thing? How many of you agree that if the Apostle Paul's saying, I'm still growing in my faith, but there's one thing I've realized is really, really, really important to living out this life of faith in Jesus Christ. And he says, there's one thing we ought to pay attention. And many of you know where I'm going. Here's what he said, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And he said, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling us. And then watch what he says. He said, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. Really, Paul? 
All who are spiritually mature, that's gonna be one of the signs that you're gonna give us in God's holy word for what it looks like to be spiritually mature. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. I, these aren't my words, these are, these are God's words, God-breathed words inspired by the Holy Spirit given to us for our learning and our instruction. He says, let those who are spiritually mature agree on these things. What things? That to move forward in faith, we're going to have to be willing to leave some things from our past behind. One of the hallmarks of spiritual maturity is what he's saying is being able to discern what you need to take with you and what you need to leave behind. And I, I'm just telling you, I, I think a lot of times we miss a mark on this. And I don't know about you, maybe I'll just use me as an example. I feel like I've struggled in my life in previous seasons because I've failed to really grab a hold of and hang on fiercely to some of the testimonies and the things that God has done in my life. And, I, and, and in lieu of that, I've held on to some of the painful things or the hurtful things or some of the regrets or some of the misgivings or some of the, some of the uh, uh, ways that, that life didn't go the way that I thought it was gonna go. And I'm telling you, inevitably, every time where I've failed to grab a hold of the testimonies and the goodness and the faithfulness of God, and I've instead held on to the unforgiveness or the bitterness or the fear or the regret, every time it has not gone well for me it's what the Apostle Paul is saying. If you want to be spiritually mature, ask the Lord to help you to see and discern what, is, what, what from 2022 do I need to hang on to and do I need to take forward with me? What do I need to take forward to remind myself of the goodness and the faithfulness of God? And where are the things that I need to, to cause, cause to be buried in the shadow of the cross of Jesus Christ and not allow the enemy to cause it to go with me forward into 2023? Come on, that's the heart of God for you. What is it that God wants you to hang on to and what is it that he's calling you to leave behind? It's one of the hallmarks of spiritual maturity. We struggle to move forward because we hang on to those things that hold us back and hinder us. The Bible describes it for us in Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, let us throw off every hindrance, everything that hinders, and the sin that so easily entangles. And he talks about two things right there, things that hinder or weigh us down, and sin that trips us up. And, and, and maybe the Holy Spirit wants to show you some things today. He wants to show you some things that are weighing you down. He, he, he wants to just graciously, he's very gracious. He doesn't bring condemnation, but he does bring conviction. They're closely related, but, they're, but the conviction of the Holy Spirit is intended to help you move forward. Condemnation, which comes from the enemy, is intended to cause you to, be sh to shrink back or to hold back or to be hindered from moving forward. What is the Holy Spirit calling you today to leave behind, to throw off what's hindering you, what's entangling you? Because the writer goes on and says, for let us run with perseverance the race that God has marked out for us. The ways where there were challenges, what do you need to leave behind? Listen, in the ways where God was, was good in your life, did you know that we can kind of get stuck in good seasons and we kind of build a monument or camp out there we, and we miss some of the, we forfeit the opportunity to move forward into some of the good things and the, and the new things and the more things that God has for us in our lives of faith? I'm just saying, I mean, you know, you kind of go through something, it's like, well, I'll just kind of settle. We become complacent when things are just good enough for us to get by. Maybe the bills are paid, maybe the, the marriage is going okay. We kinda just settle in with God. And I'm telling you today that even if you're in a good place, his desire is to grow you. The Bible says very clearly, from glory to glory, from strength to strength, there's a new and a more that he desires to do in your life. And we see this model to us in Isaiah chapter 43. This is an amazing scripture. This is almost astounding that God would say this. Watch what he says. 
as he's speaking to the people of Israel. He says, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the horses and chariots, the army and the reinforcements together that they would lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. How many of you could recognize what he's talking about? He's talking about where he parted the Red Sea. He made a road through the sea to help the people of God when they were being chased down by something they had been set free from. How many of you ever been set, chased down by something you'd been set free from? And he's saying, in that season, I showed up and I did one of the greatest miracles of all miracles, parted the Red Sea to make a way that you could not only make it through, but all your enemies who were chasing you down would be swallowed up by that sea. That's what I just described. Now, watch what he says in verse 18 after he's just described that experience. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. I love the way the New Living Translation says the same thing. Verse 18, he says, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. God wants to do something new in your life. God wants to show you his, his hand in your life in a new way, his grace in your life in a new way. Let's not get stuck. Let's not settle. Let's not become complacent. In the places where there were some challenges or adversities, missteps, mistakes, sin, let's, let's throw those things off, the things that entangle us or hinder us, but let's also not get stuck in the good things because God is writing a story in your life and he intends for us to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. He's calling us to deeper places. He's calling us to greater places. What got you to where you are today in your life, in your faith, in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, is not going to be what is going to get you to where God has in store for you. We're going to have to be willing to say yes to the new and the more of God. Come on, how many want more of God in your life? Yes, amen, I heard amens again. So here's the thing, that's an easy thing as a preacher to get an amen for. I'm not despising those of you who amen, we ought to amen. Come on, we ought to want more of God in our life. We ought to amen it, don't, please don't stop amening it. But here's what, I, here's what I wanna encourage you with. It's easy to get amens for more of God, but here's the thing is that to get the more that God has in store, we almost always have to say yes to the new he's calling us to. And that's, where some of us are not willing to amen so heartily. You mean I gotta live differently? You mean I gotta think differently? You mean I might have to kinda act differently? Yes, look how Jesus said it, watch how Jesus said it. Luke chapter five, verse 37. And once again, I love how the New Living Translation kinda unpacks this for us. He, these are red letter words Jesus is speaking about this concept, this principle, to, for, to get the more that God has in store, and he does have more in store for you. We have to be willing to say yes to the new he's calling us to. That's where the challenge is, and Jesus describes it. He says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skin. So this is a practical truth that the people of the day would have been very, um, um, you know, it was very relatable. They were very um, aware of this practical truth that you don't put new wine in old wineskins. It would burst the old wineskin and cause the new to be lost. So he's using a parable here. He's using a practical analogy to deliver a deep spiritual truth to us. And, and he says, new wine must be stored in new wineskins. But watch this, catch this, verse 39. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. So he's saying that you're gonna have to 
be willing to understand that you're, there's a tendency that we get complacent with God. There's a tendency that we get to a place where we get comfortable with God. And God has more in store for you as a believer. He's calling you beyond being a church attender. He's calling you to be a Christ follower. He's calling you to be a disciple. He's calling you to be a kingdom builder. He's calling you to be a difference maker. There's a more he has in store. If you'll embrace the new, he's calling you too. So I wanna encourage you, I wanna go back, and these are things that I preached on a number of times over the years because they're so consequential and foundational, and I really believe this to be true. What I'm about to say is a pretty bold statement, but I believe it to be true that if you'll focus on these four things, on these four things, that your life of faith, I can't promise you how things are gonna go for you this new year. Hear me, I cannot promise you if Jesus himself could have promised us that there would not be offenses, that there would not be trials, that there would not be tribulations, far be it from me, to encourage you with anything other than what Jesus himself said. I can't promise you that you are not gonna have challenges or adversities, but I will promise you this, if you'll focus on these four things, even in the midst of, of the good things, the mountains and the valleys, the blessings and, and, and the, 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 the unforeseen, unexpected challenges, I promise you, if you'll focus on these four things, you'll have a blessed new year, okay? And so here's what those four things are. God's presence God's promises, God's people, and God's purposes. That these are like four legs on a table. And, and if, if any one of these things, these foundational things in our life begins to kind of get anemic or we begin to drift from or we begin to get kind of casual towards any one of these four things, the table that is the table of our faith can begin to get wobbly. And so I wanna encourage you to just focus. If you're taking notes, I wanna encourage you to write these things down. If you don't take notes at church, by the way, no, no shame or judgment, I just wanna encourage you to write down, cut like, 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 a, like a good student would do when you go to a class and you're expecting to learn something, or, 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 or like you do if you went and you had a chance to sit in the company of one of the great business minds of the day. Come on, it's not about me as a preacher, it's about God wanting to speak something to you. He could use an imperfect preacher, an imperfect message to deliver a word in season to you. I wanna just encourage you to maybe just consider that's one new thing, a little practical thing that you could begin to adopt or do differently in this new year is just begin to just keep, keep a journal. Start it on your phone, buy a journal, an empty journal, just begin to fill it up with the things that God speaks to you as we go into the new year. So, so, so write these things down if you're taking notes and you can follow along on you version by the way on the bible app and you can actually add your own notes and save them right there it's real handy so god's presence number one god's presence again four things that i promise you if you'll focus on these things you'll have a blessed new year god's presence it said joshua back to joshua chapter one and verse five it said he said as i was with moses so i will be with you i'll never leave you i'll never forsake you we need the presence of God in our lives. He's saying the reason you could go, the reason you could be strong, the reason you could be courageous, the reason you could get ready, the reason you could leave behind some old things and move forward to some new things is because I will be with you. God desires more than anything else a relationship with 
you. Did you know it's true? Did you know that Jesus in one of the most uh, stark and maybe even frightening scriptures in the Bible, he said, he said this, he said, they said, I, we've prophesied in your name. We've done these mighty works. We've done these good deeds. And he said, depart from me for I never knew you. Jesus is not looking to get something out of you. He's looking to relate to you as a son, as a daughter, as his child. And we encounter God's presence through a lifestyle of prayer and praise. And I want to encourage you as we turn the calendar, as we look into 2023, that, that maybe the, one of the number one things we ought to resolve ourselves to do is be a people of prayer. Come on, be a people of prayer for our, for our families, for our churches, for our community, for our nation. That some of the things that we've thought maybe would be the answer or the solution, it's really not the answer or the solution all, all, all along. We need God to show up in our hearts, in our homes, in our churches, in our cities, in our nation. And it's not going to happen unless the people of God do what the word of God encourages us to do, and that's humble ourselves and seek his face through prayer. But many of us, you hear this and it's kind of like, gosh, I don't know how, I don't know if I can. I feel unworthy, I feel uncertain. How do I begin to have a life of prayer? And I wanna encourage you, if that's you, that you're in good company, that's the strategy of the enemy right from the very beginning in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve had blown it. You remember that they went from a relationship where they walked in the cool of the morning with God. And by the way, that was all about relationship. They lived in perfection. They had every need, every need met, no sin, no challenges, none of that had ever happened. And yet every morning, the Bible says they walked in the cool of the morning with God because the heart of God for creation all along was about relationship. It's the heart of the gospel, relationship restored with God. Our sin forgiven, the things that separated us from God, completely dealt with once and for all so that we can have a relationship with him. And so if you felt unworthy, to approach God, I wanna encourage you that the cross of Jesus Christ dealt with every piece of our sin, guilt, shame, and condemnation. Hebrews 4, 16 says, let us come boldly. Let us come boldly. We don't just come to God, we come boldly. To what? The throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace. When? In a time of need. I love how New Living Translation says it there where we receive his mercy, where at the throne of grace and find grace to help us when we need it most. You need to be encouraged today. If the enemy's ever tried to play that game with you, how, how dare you think that God wants to hear from you or relate to you or, 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 or for you to come into his presence because you really did the thing or you had the thoughts or, or, or you're trapped in the sin or the addiction or the bondage. It says right here in our time of need, that's the time where we can come and not just come, but come boldly to the throne of grace. And God's heart is, you don't have to have religious language. You don't have to have a theological background or a degree. God just wants you to begin to talk to him like you would talk to a father that you were convinced had your best interest at heart. Just begin to just go to him and just say, God, I need you in my life. God, I need you to strengthen me. God, I need patience in that area of my life. God, I need faith for that thing. I'm not sure how it's gonna turn out. Just begin to cry out to him in prayer. So we've gotta be a people of God's presence. We we apprehend God's presence through a lifestyle of prayer and through praise. 
through praise. And I wanna encourage you, if you're not praising God in between Sundays and Wednesdays, that's a great thing to resolve to begin to do in 2023. Begin to praise God as you drive to work. Begin to maybe think about changing the station that you normally listen to. Begin to think about maybe making the space on your device to begin to have a, a channel that's programmed that leads you into the presence of God through just praising and worshiping and giving him thanks and giving him praise for who he is and for what he's done. Praise is powerful. Second Chronicles 20 says this, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. Really? Singing to the Lord and praising him for holy, his holy splendor. And this is what they sang, give thanks to the Lord, his faithful love endures forever. And at the very moment they began to sing in praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. If you're up against a battle, if you feel like you've got some opposition, come on, begin to just praise God. Would you begin to just, like, like one of my buddies who was a worship pastor in my life used to say, he said, you need to take a praise vacation. And when I'm caught up in stress or worry or fear or anxiety, that comes back to me and I'm grateful for it. And, I'm, and sometimes I do better than other times, but I'm telling you the times where I'm diligent and I'm willing to kind of push pause and close the door on the enemy and the voice of the enemy who's bringing fear and doubt and insecurity to my life. And I just begin to just say, you know what? I'm closing the door on that and I'm gonna begin to open the door of my, of my life and my heart to just begin to worship God. It begins to remind me of who God is. It begins to remind me of how good he is. It begins to remind me that he's bigger than any obstacle, any mountain, any challenge, any deep river, any, any raging fire. He's, deep, he's better, he's stronger than anything you could ever go through. So we have to be a people of praise. We have to be a people of prayer. It's why we start the new year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I wanna encourage you, if you've never entered in and partnered with us in that, would, maybe would you make this the year? There's a, there's a piece in your seat back right there that has some prayer points that we're praying corporately into. I wanna encourage you, even right now, go ahead and put your hands on it, take it with you. If you're online or even if you just wanna do a digital way, you can text Rev City to 94,000 and we'll, we'll send you, if you'll follow the prompts there, we'll send you a daily reminder and would you begin to just pray and fast? And if you're not familiar with fasting, it's a spiritual discipline that the Bible reveals to us that's often associated with times where the people of God would experience breakthrough in their lives. And so it's, 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 it's about setting something aside, some time. It's about setting aside maybe some of the things that we have fleshly, earthly appetites towards. Maybe you could fast maybe one meal of the day and just say, in lieu of eating that meal, in lieu of going to lunch, I'm gonna take that hour and I'm just gonna spend time praying for my wife, praying for my kids, praying for my church, praying for my family, praying for my future, just giving thanks to God. So would you partner with us? Just find your way, find something. Some people maybe fast social media or television or certain television programs and in lieu of that time that you'd normally give to that thing, just spend time drawing near to God and calling out to God. Fasting is powerfully important all throughout the Bible, we see it. That when people were up against a, a need for a breakthrough or provision, they fasted and God answered. They fasted and prayed. When the disciples were frustrated with limited results in life and ministry, they fasted and prayed and they had a breakthrough in Matthew 17. When Ezra faced an uncertain financial future, 
He sought God with a fast and God provided. When Israel was surrounded by enemies, Samuel called for a fast and it led to a national revival. Elijah fasted and sought the Lord and it led him out of a season of depression. He was even dealing with suicidal thoughts. In 1 Kings 17, the widow fasted her very last meal and God multiplied that one meal to become three and a half years of his provision. When Saul of Tarsus was blind and searching for direction, he fasted, God changed his heart, changed his name, made him the apostle Paul, made him one of the most influential Christian leaders to ever live. While the early disciples were ministering to the Lord and praying and fasting together, God spoke and called people to their specific ministries and purposes in life. Daniel fasted and he gained extraordinary influence in his generation, bringing glory to God. John the Baptist fasted, was used to prepare the way for the Lord. Esther fasted and she and her family received, received God's divine provision and, and, and protection from those who sought after their lives. Jesus himself fasted and discovered the strength and the wisdom to rely and stand upon the word of God against the lies, deceptions, and temptations of the enemy, which allowed him to connect to and fulfill his God-given purpose in life. We don't have to do these things. You don't have to do it. It's just an invitation to, 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 to part of what it looks like for us to make room to build some new wineskins and say, God, maybe in previous years I would have trusted that that was kind of for other people, church leaders and elders and deacons in the church. But this year I'm saying, I'm, I wanna be more than a church attender. I'm gonna take my part. I'm gonna take my place and I'm gonna seek you with all my heart. We need to hit our knees in prayer. We need to lift our voices in praise because we're called to be a people who rely on God's presence. Number two, I gotta move quickly. In fact, worship team, you guys go ahead and, come up so that I don't preach too long here because we're gonna take communion together as a church family here in a few moments. Number two is God's promises. God's promises. We need to return to the word of God. More than ever, the word of God is under attack. It's being minimized. It's being marginalized from our culture. And more than the opinions of man, more than the preferences of people, more than the cultural trends, more than even the opinions or words of a pastor, we need to build our lives upon the word of God. He said, be strong and courageous. He said, get ready, get ready. I'm doing something new in your life. And he said, be, be, be strong, be courageous. All right, how are we gonna do that? Well, he said, be careful, obey the law that my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the left or to the right and you'll be successful wherever you go. Keep this book always on your lips. Meditate on it, think about it, dwell upon it. Let it begin to get in your heart beyond the pages and beyond the sermons. Let it begin to rise up in your heart. Be careful that you do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Come on, maybe this is a year where you would make a determination to be more in God's word. As a church, we've got some things that we're doing and working on diligently behind the scenes to try to help us as a church family. We're building a Rev City app and we're gonna use that app to push daily video and written devotions into the lives of every church member and every person who maybe stumbles across, maybe the Holy Spirit divinely orchestrates for them to come across that. And we're gonna begin to speak the word of God. We're gonna begin to raise up and disciple and equip people in even more intentional ways beyond Sundays and Wednesdays. This is a year that we must be people of prayer, people of praise, and we must be people of God's promises, rededicating ourselves to study of his word and building our lives upon his word. Number three, God's people. Remember, four foundations to a blessed new year. God's presence, God's promises, God's people. That, you know, we experience our faith in Christ through a personal decision. No one can do it for you. A, a personal commitment 
a personal recognition of who Jesus is and a personal declaration of our faith and our trust in him. And no one can do it for you. But did you know that after that personal declaration of faith that much of what God's word shows that we can experience in our lives of faith is experienced and encountered in the context of community? that we were called to be a people of God gathered together. We were called to be the body of Christ. We were called to be the family of God. We're called to be the church of Jesus Christ. Just think about it. Where where two or more are gathered, God said, he said, that's where I am. When he was teaching us how to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What did he say? Give us this day. Lead us not into temptation, forgive us our trespasses. And so many people, maybe this is the year where you overcome some of those schemes or lies. Maybe you've been hurt in church community or maybe you've got fear of rejection or maybe there's just whatever it is that the enemies use to keep you on the sidelines of living in the community of faith that is the church of Jesus Christ. I'm encouraging you, let this be your year where you seek God for the healing or the faith or the courage or the strength to step back in to spiritual community. Hebrews 10 Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more, he's saying even more importantly, as you see the day of the Lord approaching. Come on, we're better together. Come on, say it. Say, we are better together. Number four, we'll close right here and then we'll have communion together is God's purposes. God's purposes for your life. That God wants to encounter his presence to be connected and anchored to his promises, which are his word, to be, to be gathered with his people, to, to be encouraged, to be part of something that's greater and bigger than we could ever do in our own self and our own strength. And, and lastly, that God, God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan for your life. There's a unique opportunity. There's a unique anointing. There's a unique grace that he's placed on your life. There's a unique sphere of influence that he's called you to reach and you to influence and for you to shine the light to. And and, and in verse three of Joshua chapter one, he says, I will give you every place you set your foot. And so he's saying, I'm calling you to move forward. I'm calling you to an active life. I'm not calling you to stay stuck. I didn't save you or deliver you from Egypt to allow you to get stuck, camped out in the wilderness. And the word of the Lord to us today is, I didn't save you at the cross to let you just sit in a church building. I've got a purpose, I've got a destiny, I've got an anointing, I've got something I'm calling you to do. And in a world that's consumed with status, God is calling us to be concerned with significance. And the number one way to live a life of significance is to begin to ask God to connect you to the purpose of God for your life. And whatever it is, whether it's a school teacher, a housewife, a a CEO, an athlete, whatever it is, anything in between, the, the, the way to find significance in whatever God calls you to do is make it about serving others and bringing glory to God. God wants us, is calling us rather to a life of purpose. He's called us to come back into his presence. He's called us to rededicate ourselves to be a people of of praise and prayer. He's called us to be a people of his word. And as we turn the page, as we turn the calendar, there's there's no better resolution than more of Jesus. I want more of Jesus in my life. And, And I really believe that those four things, if you'll pursue those four things, and some of you are already doing some of those, or you're, some, of, some of you are an example to me in some of those areas. 
But would you just right now, I want you to remain seated. Normally I'm have you be standing right here, but we're about to receive communion together. Would you just ask the Lord to speak to you? Would you just, just ask him, just say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? Is there one of those four areas where you're, you're challenging me, where you're quickening my spirit to, to, to come back to you, to come back to be a person of prayer? Maybe you've just got, you weren't, once were a person of prayer, but you've kind of just gotten maybe preoccupied with life or, or maybe just complacent with just the condition of your life. Just ask and say, Lord, what are you speaking to me? Calling me back to be a person of prayer, calling me to, to be a person of praise, calling me back to be a person who is in your word, not just on Sundays, but daily. Saying, Lord, I need your, your word today, your wisdom for my life today. I can't do it in my own strength. What you've called me to do, what you've called me to be, who you're, who you're shaping me and inviting me to become. And just, just rededicate yourself. Would you just resolve yourself and all the good things that we could resolve ourselves to do? Let's resolve ourselves to say, Lord, we want to draw near to you. We want more of you in our life today. More of you in our lives today. Thank you, Lord. Would you just grace us to walk it out, God? Grace us to walk it out. Let's, let's receive communion together before we worship God together one more time. And right there in front of you, church family who's in the room, there's, a, there's that cup right there in that little cup. And holder in the seat back on the front row. There's some baskets down at the end of the row. You guys will help us. Yeah, I am. I would love to have one. Thanks, baby. If you just take it and just peel that top back and just take that little wafer in your hand that represents the body of Jesus Christ. And would you just hold it with maybe some fresh gratitude in your life, in your heart, your mind, for what you're holding. Jesus said, as often as you do this, he said, do it in remembrance of me. He said, this is my body, this is my blood. It's a new covenant, it's a new and better covenant. It's an invitation, it's an opportunity to a new life. A life of forgiveness, a life of wholeness, a life of restoration, a life of grace, a life of mercy that's new every morning. A life of, of fresh starts, new days that we're, we're more aware of as we turn the calendar than maybe ever, but it's the lifestyle that God's invited us to. It's what he's made possible through Jesus Christ. And Lord, so we, we hold this with gratitude. We're mindful of what it represents. The body of Jesus, bruised, and broken and crushed for our iniquities, for our sins. And we're thankful for it, Lord. And we're mindful of it today, God. And we receive it today, Lord, with just with faith for the future and with gratitude for the forgiveness of our past. Come on, you could take the bread there together. Let's take it corporately. And then just peel back that next layer to reveal the cup, this juice that represents the blood of Jesus. Lord, we're so thankful that you held nothing back. You poured yourself out. And now because of your shed blood, we can be washed and cleansed and made new and made whole. And that's the cup that we hold right here. And we receive it with gratitude. We receive it, Lord, with just um, hum- humble, um, Lord, just awe that you saw fit to come to make a way that we could be forgiven. And we drink it today, Lord, with, with gratitude, with thanksgiving, and with faith for our future. In Jesus' name, you could take the cup. Hey, if you have that basket on the end of your row there, if you can help people kind of collect them across the front row, you can put these right back in the place where you found it. And now, would you stand to your feet? 
And let's prepare to worship the Lord one more time together today. And before we do, just wanna quickly just give you an opportunity if you're here in this room or you're joining us online and you're far from God, you've never received Jesus. And today you would say, man, I need the, the, the weight of my sin and guilt and shame removed. That's the message of the gospel. Or maybe you've drifted from God and you once served him and lived for him, but you've drifted from him and today's your opportunity to come home to him. And if that's you with heads bowed and eyes closed in this place, just to give people space to make a personal private decision, but to begin to make an outward declaration. If that's you today, you need to come home to your heavenly father. You need to say yes to receive the free gift of salvation. Would you, would you right now in this moment, there's no better time than the first day of a new year to just dedicate or rededicate your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And if that's you today, here's what I wanna ask you to do. Would you just lift your hand towards heaven? Just say, that's me. I need, need a fresh start. I need a new life. I need forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for these precious people. Thank you, Lord. If you raise your hand, you could lower it. And some amazing people with an amazing purpose in God, an amazing future in God said yes to Jesus today. And can we do this with you? Here's what we're gonna do. We're not gonna put you on the spot or make you come down to the front, but, but we are gonna lead you in a prayer. And to just show a sign of support to you as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're gonna pray this prayer with you. And we do it to do that, to show you a sign of support. We do it because it just reminds us every week that we never graduate from grace. So come on, some amazing people in this room and I trust online as well, came home to Christ today. Let's pray this prayer with them today and make it come on a fresh dedication uh, for our new year. Come on, say it after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a savior. And I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price that I could never pay, to make a way I might have a new life and a fresh start. I give you my life. I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, come on, say this part loudly. Say, I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. Come on, can we rejoice with all of heaven? Hey, come on, let's be a people of praise. Let's worship God. Let's give him thanks and praise one more time together. And then we'll come and dismiss you, get you about your New Year's Day.